First off, I understand your most recent release, uh, Super Plastic, has some pretty fascinating inspiration behind it. So could you take us through what inspired both the name and the aesthetic of the album? So as far as the um, the name, um, I went to <clears throat> I went to Asheville, um, and uh, we went to like some mall, and there was this uh, this Funko Pop store. So we went in, and I saw one of the glass cases had this bunny from and it looked really cool it like had an axe behind it and everything and i asked the dude like what the hell is this because i want one and he told me what it was and it was from some brand called super plastic hmm. and um when i saw that 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 figurine that toy i was like like damn i'm like all all, all of a sudden <laughs> i just got inspired off of a <laughs> off of just a toy so as soon as i got home i started working on the album i made the album cover uh, when I got back to the hotel that night, and as far as you know, like sound, I wanted something evil. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I took a lot of inspiration from Cyber for the most mm -hmm. part, uh, or formerly known as Syringe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's some really that's really interesting because I mean, you mentioned the album cover. Um, the album had a pretty like consistent theme for uh, theme to it, both from like the album cover to the music itself to even like the announcement video you put out on Twitter, like announcing the album. And I saw you had some pretty extensive notes on how you wanted that to be shot. Uh, so I'm wondering, yeah. like, have you ever put put that sort of like thought process into maybe shooting a music video someday? I would like to, cause um, cause really, I uh, when that I that promo idea came to my head like three weeks before I shot it. Mm -hmm. um i was like or in like two weeks i was like i cannot forget about this because this mm -hmm. is, it came out of nowhere one morning and I, so i texted my friend gohana and i was like just spewing all the shit out of my brain <laughs> right saying this is i don't have my, my phone's dead so i'm gonna type this here real quick mm -hmm. um so i feel like it'd be cool to like you know write some notes into how a music video would look and whatnot i think it'd be fun yeah, I'd be curious to see what maybe like the overcast guys would tackle or something like that. But I, I think yeah, I think your music's great. a little bit too evil for them. I think they're a little too cheery for that. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's really interesting. You mentioned uh, the super plastic figure. Um, it's it's really interesting because like that um, that figurine is pretty casual, pretty like you know unassuming. Um, but uh, super plastic actually continues a trend you've been on recently of like you mentioned re releasing very very evil music. Uh, so I'm wondering what inspired you to originally originally lean more in that direction. Um. I would say back in like 2015, um, I used to make music under a different name, uh, uh, like just beats and stuff, like chill stuff, you know, happy sound and stuff. And then my Twitter account for that music got banned or got mm. suspended. So I was like, all right, I've been listening to a lot of Suicide Boys and Night Lavelle recently. Mm -hmm. I want to take a little different path, you know, maybe work on some dark stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what is the most edgy name I can think of? So, <laughs> um came up with funeral and then that's around when i started doing dark stuff i so really just what inspired me at the time actually wait there's another way about there's another way that happened too that was for my production mm -hmm. but as far as my actual music turning evil like for the first like year of my vocal career since 2017 it was like happy you know like plug and um this is gonna sound so weird but I was watching that Joker movie that came out in 2019. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh my God. All roads lead back to the Joker. Jesus. I swear. I watched the movie and I'm like, man, I'm just like him. 
And I'm like, my my music's got to be evil from here on out. I have to embody this, what I'm feeling from watching this. Oh my God, Jesus. Wow, that's that's one hell of an origin story if I've ever heard one, Jesus. Can we expect maybe like some picnic music from you going forward? Maybe like some jogging music from you going forward? Or is it just exclusively like murder on everything for the foreseeable future? So... I, dang, I don't think I have anything that's, you know, like happy sounding, <laughs> even in the works. Um, mm. Cause even my, even my alternative stuff that I'm working on is sad. Mm. So I would like to, though, I'd really like to, you know, try to make something more happy sounding. Cause for the most part, a lot of my stuff is dark. Right. I mean, like, just, I mean, to say that, like, a lot of your stuff is dark doesn't mean that you don't have versatility. Like, certainly, I think, like, Potions is one of my favorite songs from you. And that one's pretty upbeat, pretty happy sounding. So, yeah. All right. And uh, it's, but I mean, regardless of what direction you take, it's really, it's really interesting to see you develop such a unique sound. uh, Because something that tends to happen, like, a lot more nowadays is artists being categorized underneath blanket names. So, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on people describing your music or maybe others' music as underneath labels such as Digicore or Hyperpop? Um, well, hyperpop, I can see why that gets people upset because, you know, that for the most part, we all think it's like a, it's actually like like they really categorize it as one specific sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have seen people less use it for like to cover the scene and more to cover, you know, loud basses, EDM inspired stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like Digicore embodies more like, you know, just artists doing their thing. But even that can like... uh give off this particular sound so it can be cool but i just i don't know it's it's tough to kind of um it's not like plug plug is plug Mm. everybody knows what plug is and that's right that's plug but Mm. i don't know a lot of the artists in the scene are super versatile so Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to classify them under a genre Right. I kind of see like both sides of it, both like the importance of like giving somebody who's maybe new to the genre, like a, like a term, like a definite term for them to be like, Hey, this is what you should check out. Um, but I do understand that it's frustrating to have your music sort of like narrowly like shoved, shoved into like a category. Something that's also popped up as the scenes continue to expand is that more and more like egos have kind of come out of the woodwork. Um, so I'm wondering as a member of both Nova gang and no heart, um, have you experienced people treating you differently from maybe smaller artists? Right. That's definitely, that's definitely true. Um, mm-hmm. cause I notice a lot of people say, Oh, this is like a scene that if you don't have connections, you can't do anything. And mm-hmm. you know, that's somewhat true. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I've noticed things where I was trying to like, my mind was still stuck in like this small artist mind and mm-hmm. I wanted something, but then I realized, wait, I know who I am. I can get that if I want to just by right. asking for it. So, I mean, it's like nice, but I can definitely see that there's like a disconnect between smaller and bigger artists. There's like a huge gap there, um, which is, you know, it's kind of fucked, but I, I do see like, like, I guess you would say like a sub scene that, gives smaller artists things to build off of. So, I mean, I can see it going both ways, like good and like, I can see the pros and the cons about it. Right. And I think hopefully, hopefully that sort of like disconnect tends or continues to shrink as the scene continues to expand. Um, But I mean, you mentioned sort of having like maybe like sort of doubts about like your own size or whatnot. I think regardless of size, I think everybody can relate to that feeling of just having like anxiety about like maybe like, or like maybe 
doubts about your own worth or talent or whatever the case may be. So I'm wondering, have you experienced any sort of fears in that regard? And if so, what do you do to like qualm them? So I do kind of like, you know, feel a little like different and I feel like I'm not progressing mm. when, um, like, I mean, I do get excited for my friends when big shit happens for them. Cause I think it's amazing. Cause I remember seeing them when they were really small and mm. we were all small together. And, but then it makes me think, am I not growing? However, mm. I step back on my statement when I remember that all I've ever wanted was like a, a growth kind of like really steady. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been seeing myself get. So I just remind myself I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be. Right. I think it's important to remind yourself because I think like I think in any realm like music or not, comparing yourself to others is something that's going to be like kind of inevitable. Um, so I think it's good that you're like sort of like just reminding yourself of like that you're on the path that you wish to be. And then uh, a debate that's popped up quite a bit um, is whether you should be focusing on more on singles or dedicated projects when you're just starting out as an artist. And uh, most of the people participating in the conversation have like maybe one or two albums out. But underneath the funeral name, you actually have five now. So I'm wondering, uh, with as someone with such a like a complete body of work, uh, what do you think is more important for smaller artists to focus on when they're just starting out? So I would definitely say singles because uh, my first EP that's on SoundCloud, I don't really like to count that one because okay, we can say it's four then. Yeah, because the amount of work I put into all my other ones is nowhere compared to those. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially that was still like a single because one song had already been out and two of them were just new. Mm-hmm. And I think two songs can still be considered a single. Right. So, um, but definitely singles to begin with are like, it's, it's a really good way of just, you know, making whatever you want and putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like testing the waters with that stuff, see what people like, see what people don't like. Or in my case, I don't care what anybody doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Make anything I want regardless. And people do like it. So that's, you know, maybe just, yeah, singles are really a good way to start out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people put more importance. Just, I mean, it's a, it's a natural, I understand the like impulse to be like, oh, well, I want to do what people are interested in. But I think instances such as like, uh, for example, like Quinn releasing the music that they've been up to recently. Like, I think that's a good example that like self-fulfillment is the number one thing you should be prioritizing with your music career. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, part of the reason why you've been able to drop so many projects is that you've been at this for quite some time. Like you mentioned, like you decided to go into the more like darker side of things way back in 2015. Uh, so I'm wondering from way back when, when you were just starting out, are there any like funny stories that make you, maybe make you like cringe in retrospect? Um, I think one time when I was 15, I, uh, 15 or 16, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I was in a group chat um, with a bunch of producers who were like, kind of established now and um i remember uh there was this meme going around it wasn't even a meme it was more of like letting people know that uh the actor who played gibby from iCarly was a producer and (laughs) so what yeah he started producing (laughs) i did not know that yeah he owns some youtube account called sad world and all the instrumentals you hear in there are produced by him he also uh he produced on he produced a song or two on Widow's last album. Wow. Okay. That's an insane rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> um, but I was in a group chat with uh, the actor. Uh, they put him in the group chat. And I, I'm i very sure that I was making so many Gibby references. I don't even know if I got kicked out of the group chat. But 
<laughs> you know, looking back, I probably shouldn't have said that because I do like his production. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was a little kid. Oh my god! Don't worry. I think I would do it ten times worse if I was fifteen or sixteen. Got put in a group chat with Gibby, dude. Oh my god! Of course, you know, making stupid mistakes when you're fifteen or sixteen—that's of course forgivable. But uh, being around for as long as we have, you're actually the oldest person I've ever, I've ever interviewed, which feels weird to say because you're 21, correct? Right. Right. And that, like, go anywhere else, and 21 is considered like the peak of youth. Like that's like the pinnacle of like when you're considered like a young person but here it's considered like old in a weird way like and it's i think it's i think people forget that it's not normal for a movement to be led by like 15 16 17 year olds like 90 percent of us can't even buy a beer half of us can't even drive uh so i'm wondering what do you think are some advantages and disadvantages of the scene being skewed so young as far as you know like being that young a lot of them are getting successful and i mean a lot of promising careers for a lifetime can start when they're young so that's really nice to look at them starting young. So like some, cause I've seen artists who are like just starting to try to make music in the scene that are my age. And they're all like, oh, I wish I would have started like years ago. And you know, I mean, them being that young, it's really nice that they have somewhere to start. Cause even if some artists coming up in this scene don't do anything with this scene, a few years later, they'll definitely, you know, with their progression, keep going. And I think it's really nice to, um, to see that they're this young a lot of my friends are like really young i think they're like the average age like 16 17 now median age is like 16 17 yeah (laughs) yeah and uh it's nice to see them you know gain the success this young but you know like it also can take a really heavy toll on their mental health and uh Mm -hmm. i know a lot of them do take breaks when they have to because of how fucked that shit can get yeah, like, I can't imagine having, like, that many eyes. Like, for example, like, I know, like, Lou, like, the amount of, like, followers and, like, like just interaction Lou has is just, like, I can't imagine having that many eyes on me at the age of 13. That sounds insane right. to me. So, um, yeah, no, I think, I think you, I think it's right to point out that, like, it is really interesting to see kids before the, before the time they graduate high school have, like, a definite, like, idea of what they're going to do with their lives, which I think is something that, like, is amazing. Right. And then uh, you, unlike most of the artists in the scene, uh, you have to pay taxes. Uh, so considering uh, how most uh, most others in the scene, myself included, aren't as financially fluent as you are, I'm wondering how do you manage your finances once you know, for example, like DistroKid's uh, DistroKid checks hit. So um, generally, I just kind of uh, save about a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I don't really know much about taxes yet. My girlfriend or my fiance does though. So mm-hmm. at the end of the year, when um, I get those forms from distro, mm-hmm. uh, I'll get her to look at them and we'll figure out how to tweak the shit so I can just pay my taxes and not get in trouble. Cause the IRS isn't going to get me this year. They're not going <laughs> to get me next year. They're going to get me when I'm 26 and I have hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in a year. They're going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, they're going to get me when I'm extremely well off and wealthy. <laughs> so um, I'm going to we're going to figure out like figure that shit out by like March next year mm-hmm. and get it all done. Right. Because I do save my money. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know how taxes works, really, but <laughs> my fiance does. So she'll figure it out for me. Right. I think that's a, I think saving your money is definitely, definitely a good route to go down considering I know people like, I know DoorDash be fucking Juno shit up every single month. He'd be dropping like half and half his check on just on DoorDash definitely. alone. <laughs> definitely. I even have the, um, on Grubhub, I had the, I was, ha- I, we, 
ever since we like started like all of my friends ever since we started getting money online like consistently <laughs> we will be on vc and we're like hey bro i'm gonna get something from doordash i'm gonna get something from a grubhub something like every time <laughs> so i had gotten it so many times in the week i was like damn let me just pay for the subscription to get the free delivery already so I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get my use out of it mm -hmm. yeah i'm balling i'm gonna get the grubhub subscription service <laughs> yeah and, uh, and on the topic of finances, uh, in a realm where a lot of different artists are in similar positions uh, to your own, um, uh, and they've decided to take like the, rep the record label path, uh, you've chosen to take the opposite one. And uh, so I'm wondering, like, what informed your decision to remain independent? And what do you think are the advantages and disadvantages of doing so? So I'll start with the disadvantages because there's a fuck ton of those. <laughs> um, I don't get like the, I pretty much have to do everything by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine because it's really all I've ever all I've ever wanted. Um, so I mean, like as far as getting a push, I have to think of shit to, that'll get people talking. Like when I um came up with my album promo for uh, Super Plastic, I'm like, this pretty much describes me well. People are gonna remember this, and people are gonna be ready for the album because of this. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's it takes a lot of thought. Uh, I have to. I have to go through a thought process of how I'm going to do things by myself. I have to push everything by myself, um, which is fine. I'm not complaining. I love doing mm -hmm. everything by myself. So being by myself in that way, that's a disadvantage. But, you know, a really good advantage is, I guess, another thing, you know, just being by myself. It's like the same thing. Right. Um, I like doing things by myself. Uh, I also don't have to give any percentages to a record label not that i care because I've, mm -hmm. I've never really cared about money like that i only care about it now because i have it so <laughs> i need to know what i'm doing with it um but i don't know and it's just i don't have to you know follow the rules of a record label i've never wanted to do that because i'm definitely one of the most consistent artists in the scene dropping regularly and i couldn't have uh i wouldn't want a record label telling me when to drop just for it to not help at all so i'd rather just do what i'm doing now and also the artists i listen to coming up a lot of them are still independent and doing perfectly fine and i look up to them like you know knight lavelle mm -hmm. ramirez uh bones is one of the best examples in the world oh absolutely yeah that mm -hmm. they're literally like making unbelievable amounts of money for themselves and are at a at a, like steadily growing just by themselves that's just that's what I look up to just doing everything by myself right and I think it's I think it's important to point out that like yeah it can be difficult to figure like not have somebody be telling you like maybe like hey I think you should like not not telling you to do like hey this would be more effective or this would be more effective or whatever the case may be but there are definitely advantages to it and of course like you mentioned you don't have to like potentially bow to like what a record label wants you to do like like all credit to them like uh they've been yeah, like, making definitely. a they've been making incredible music recently, but like, I mean, for example, like Eric and Glaive have been pushed in more of like a pop direction recently. So yeah. I understand wanting to stay on your own and not have to do anything like that. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing crazy for my friends. So I've, like I, it gets me thinking sometimes I'm like, dang, should I like, should I like talk to a label? Damn. Maybe I should make a song with Kid Leroy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're doing my friends justice. I mean, they're really doing my friends good. Yeah. I'm super duper happy for them. And yeah. then uh, when I was listening to Super Plastic, um, I was just constantly thinking to myself, like, 
wow, this is going to be insane live. Like, I, the only thing I could think of when listening to Bacteria was just like, wow, this shit's going to make a venue, like, move. Uh, yeah. And, of course, the topic of live performance is on a lot of people's minds recently now that quarantine is beginning to open up. And, of course, you know, I had to learn the hard way, if you can see that. I had to learn the hard way. Um, I got five stitches in my forehead at Edgar's show the other day. Uh, so I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on the idea of performing live? Uh, do you have, Are you excited for it? Do you have any anxiety about maybe performing live? I'm sorry, I'm trying to fix my mic on my camera. Fucking look like mm-hmm. Drain Gang. <laughs> I have done, I don't remember, two or three shows when mm-hmm. I was like, I only had like a thousand followers um, in my in my capital, probably. Mm-hmm. And um, those people didn't know me, and I still went up there and did my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, first show, like, there was like almost nobody there, so I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and my third show, almost nobody there but the second one that's kind of where i that was uh that was uh they have this uh party that they do during spring break in raleigh and i think it's called like office hours or some shit and they always have they always have a rapper there because it's like a it's a lot of pc music and like a lot of dancing and house music that they play with djs and then they have one rapper there for like halfway through the show and i figured okay maybe 50 75 people Mm -hmm. Cause that's about what he told me, mm-hmm. uh, but I saw when I saw I stopped losing count after around seventy five. Oh damn! And I I heard there was like a hundred and fifty people there, mm. and it's a kind of a small room, so it looks packed as fuck. Right. And they put me on top of a they took they put me on top of a like a desk for a student mm-hmm. or some <laughs> shit. I don't remember, but you know, office inspired and like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of just sucked it up and was like, let me just do this. So I mean, I I. If I can, if I can, you know, face the anxiety of performing in front of like 150 people who didn't even know who I was, mm-hmm. I, it should be super. I've always thought it should be super simple to just get on a stage where everybody knows who you are there, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no anxiety that comes with it. And I, I think it's really fun. A lot of my songs that have a lot of energy in them would be super fun to perform. Right. It's like a, it's a weird thing of like performing in front of 15 people is more scary than performing in front of 1500, like mm-hmm. because like where and especially ones that like maybe don't like know your name as much because i'm sure like whenever you do have your first show wherever it, it ends up being like i'm sure everybody's gonna know the lyrics to all the songs so that'll be super exciting yeah and, and i'm wondering uh is there anything on your checklist that you want to see in the crowd uh for your first show out the other side of quarantine i'm not promoting violence but if i do see <laughs> it's a good a way fight. to open a sentence it's a good way to open a sentence <laughs> if i do see a fight going in or going on in the crowd Mm-hmm. I might get a little hype, but <laughs> I would definitely, you know, say to let's calm it down. Mm-hmm. That's you do the responsible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be responsible knowing that that shit looks cool fighting in a crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, not promoting violence, though. And then uh, before we get to the point where you have your first show where you'll meet fans of yours in person, I'm sure you'll have to have plenty of interactions with them online. Uh, so I'm wondering, what have been some of your favorite or funniest interactions you've had with people that listen to your music so far? Um, I love it when I tweet something stupid out mm-hmm. and somebody screenshots it and tags me in it. Because um, that's, the, that's the whole purpose of me tweeting something dumb or replying mm-hmm. something dumb is I reply to delete it and <laughs> see if somebody catches me. Because I'll be mm. saying some stupid shit on Twitter. <laughs> just I just want somebody to screenshot it. Yeah, like want to have BBW discourse with Eric when you meet him in person, dog. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, and then I understand, I think somebody got their logo tatted on you at one point in time. I can imagine that was an insane oh, feeling. Oh, yeah, that was. 
like over a year ago, I think, when I wasn't even like, you know, like a like top of the scene, uh, one of the bigger artists. I was, you know, like I think I had not even two thousand followers yet, mm-hmm. and uh, he liked my logo and he asked if I could like send it to him. I think, and uh, he got it tatted, and I was like, yo. I'm not even big. Why'd you do that? <laughs> you got on there you for life. I mean, that's that's a show of dedication, if anything, honestly. Yeah, and definitely way before any anything big came my way, he got that sided, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. He's really right. cool. I, I talk to him often. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then, uh, and then, of course, you know, um, no matter how many artists you discover, it always seems like there's going to be like a hundred more popping up, like whenever you turn your back. So I'm wondering if you could pick a handful of people to put our listeners onto right now, who'd they be? I haven't been asked this since the artist I picked was small. Because last mm. time I got asked this, somebody, I told them to delete Zeke. And delete mm. Zeke's fucking huge now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, of course, you know, telling them people to check out delete Zeke is always something you should do. Insanely talented. Yeah. But if you need to pull up like a SoundCloud playlist or anything like that, go for it. Yeah, let me see. I have a fuck ton of playlists. Evils. Everybody should check out Evils. E-V-V-L-S. Mm-hmm. Goat. And, uh, and on a similar note, uh, you've collaborated with quite a few people over the years, but I'm, imagine, I can imagine there's still a lot more that you want to collaborate with. So if you could pick a few dream collaborator, collaborators, who would they be? It could be dead or live, anybody. Soccer Mommy, for sure. Mm-hmm. I like that band a lot. Cyber, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's somewhat doable, though. Mm-hmm. That could probably happen. Right. As far as somebody in the mainstream who I think I'd really go, go well with, uh, Travis Scott, I feel like there's mm. an energy to be made there. Right, absolutely, yeah. So I think I'd definitely go crazy with those three. Mm. Yeah, no, that, it, um, Jesus, an, a Travis Scott in a funeral sound, sounds like an electrifying three minutes. And then mm. uh, finally, uh, you've come a really long way in 2021 alone. Um, I'm really, really excited for what you have in the uh, coming for you in the future. Uh, and we already and uh, I understand you're dropping an album uh, that you're that once you hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. But are there any other things that you want to accomplish before the year is through? Um, I definitely like to finish another uh, alternative rock project. I want to get back on that because um, the last one I dropped was a. Uh, Damn, what was it called? Dejected in December. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to make another project like that. Um, definitely, I want to experiment with some more sounds soon. Uh, try to do something that I really haven't done before. Because, I mean, for the, I've, I've covered a lot of genres that I like. But I'd like to just really... If I knew how to scream, like really scream, <laughs> not just like singing where my voice is strained. Because I like mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. If I could actually like do like the screaming and the emo music that I used to listen to, then there'd be a lot of that. <laughs> I, that takes years to learn, though. And as much mm-hmm. as I'd love to, I don't want to fuck it up in the process. So I'm just going to stick to my um my uh, straining my voice when I yell. Thing. <laughs> um, but definitely just like really like experiment a lot more. I know there's a lot of genres I haven't touched yet. so. It's definitely some stuff I want to drop some singles with, you know, a little bit different of a sound uh, by, before the year ends. Right. I think uh, I think experimentation and just playing around with new sounds is the key to longevity. And uh, I'm super duper excited for that. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for here today. Thank you again so much for meeting with me today.